Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. For the next two weeks, we are taking a break from Ephesians for messages highlighting Christmas. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we will be listening to a message by Pastor Harris from December 19, 2021. This message was first taught to us by the Apostle John in the first chapter of his gospel, beginning with verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father. He has explained him. Please listen to Jim as he gives us today's slice of this week's message entitled, The Word Made Flesh. We at Heritage Bible Church wish you all a merry, Christ-centered Christmas. There are people and a couple of cults in particular that specifically say, Jesus never claimed to be God. Oh yeah, well, the people who hated him the most got that message loud and clear. Yes, he did, because he was God in human flesh. The relationship between those two natures, humanity and deity, within Jesus Christ will always be beyond your total comprehension. Why? Well, we have finite minds. Uh, furthermore, we have sin-cursed finite minds. That's why I call us sin-cursed pea brains. Compared to God, we have a little tiny brain. Compared to God, we're finite. We're, we are the creature. He's the He's the creator. Even if you can't explain it, though, to affirm that this is how Jesus Christ is revealed in the Bible, that's crucial. It'll never be stated better than John worded it in this text. And then, having been attacked for the first few centuries of the church, this doctrine will never be summarized better than it was summarized by the Council of Chalcedon in A.D. 451. What's the big whoop about Chalcedon in A.D. 451? Well, as Christianity began to spread, as the gospel took root and, and, and bore fruit, people attacked the teaching. Some attacked the deity of Christ. Some attacked the humanity of Christ. It's about an equal proposition as it, as it uh, wore on over the centuries. And so this church council dealt with several of those heresies assaulting the humanity or the deity of Jesus and uh, came up with this statement of the definition of what we call the hypostatic union. That's the union of the deity and the humanity of Jesus. Now, I could exegete this. I won't. Just listen to how profound and precise this is. This is from the Council of Chalcedon in 451 AD. 
People don't write like this anymore. We then, following the Holy Fathers, all with one consent, teach men to confess one and the same Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, the same perfect in Godhead and also perfect in manhood, to be acknowledged in two natures, inconfusedly, unchangeably, indivisibly, inseparably, the distinction of natures being in no means taken away by the union, but rather the property of each nature being reserved and concurring in one person and one subsistence, not parted or divided into two persons, but one and the same Son and only begotten, God the Word, the Lord Jesus Christ, as the prophets from the beginning have declared concerning Him, and the Lord Jesus Christ Himself has taught us, and the creed of the Holy Fathers has handed down to us. (sighs) One sentence. All of that putting together. Fully God, fully man, united in Christ, both intact. You might even say, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now there's a little word in there, dwelt. It's literally pitched a tent. The word implies a temporary habitation. You don't live in a tent, you You camp in a tent. It's it's a temporary thing. Now, Jesus permanently became man at the incarnation, but He pitched His tent among us for about 33 years. So He dwelt among us. The we here refers to the Apostle John and all the first century other eyewitnesses of the life of Jesus Christ, and they saw Him. We beheld Him. The word beheld is from uh, one of the several New Testament Greek words that have to do with sight. This one is theaomai, and I say that only because you can recognize our word theater comes from it. Theaomai implies careful, deliberate viewing, seeking to understand what you see. If you go to a theater to watch a movie or hear a concert or, or see a play. You, you don't go there to play canasta. You go there to focus your sight on what's going on and understand what's being communicated. They saw what Jesus said. They heard what He said. They saw what He did. And He says that Jesus put on that display during the time that He pitched His tent with us. That was God making Himself known. During the earthly ministry of Jesus, John and the others, they kept looking. They kept pondering the wonders of their amazing friend, the God-man, Jesus Christ. And what did John and his contemporaries find when they pondered the life of this amazing God-man? They found the very life of God embodied in human flesh. It was a life full of the radiance of the grace of God the majesty of the, of the truth of God as it was manifested in all of His words and all of His works. So John continues that Jesus was full of glory, referring to the display of the power and grace of God in all the things that Jesus did. As a matter of fact, John describes Him as full of grace and truth. 
Now, remember the New Testament that when that word full describes somebody, it means, it, it means controlled by. He was controlled by grace and truth. Everything he did was a manifestation of the grace of God and the truth of God. Grace means that all he did overflowed with that unmerited favor. We didn't deserve a Savior. God gave it to us freely. Despite our guilt, despite our sin, He freely sent His Son. And truth means that Jesus Christ Himself is the ultimate source of truth about the character of God. Why He would later say, I am the way and the truth and the life. You want to know God? Come through me, I'm the way. You want to know the truth? See me, I am the truth. You want eternal life? Come to me. Those are the two essentials, or at least two of the essentials of salvation. Grace and truth. You have to know the truth about who He is, and you have to receive the abundant grace that He gives. You are saved by the grace of God when you receive the truth of God and put your full trust in it. What you deserve is justice. You can all look at our hearts. I mean, do you need me to take you through the Ten Commandments and convince you that you have broken one or two or twelve of them? We're guilty. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And, and therefore, perfectly infinite, holy God who created us in His image, His nature being just, says that He needs justice. That demands my condemnation. Unless payment is made for my sins, if God is God, I must be punished. But God sent His Son so that He could deal with the need for justice and give me grace. God says, receive my love. Receive the sacrifice of my own Son for your sins, and you can have fellowship with me through Jesus Christ. You see, human religion is always, here's what you need to do in order to get to God. Christianity is exactly the opposite. You can't get to God. God came to you. This isn't what you need to do. This is what has been done on your behalf. You don't deserve salvation. You can't earn it. You can't earn any part of it. It's all by grace. And the grace comes to you when you comprehend the truth about Jesus Christ. The Old Testament contains many pictures and shadows of the, the Savior who was to come, the, the, the Messiah. There are, there are types and symbols and examples and, and, and vivid pictures describing aspects of who this son would be. But God revealed the full truth about, the, about salvation in his son who fulfilled that law. The truth is available and it brings salvation to anyone who will receive it by faith. So salvation is a matter of grace and truth. You don't have forgiveness. You don't have eternal life. If you think anything other than God's grace could save you, you're not saved apart from the truth about Jesus Christ. It's in the truth that you find the grace. Not to um, spoil the titles of movies or kids' books or anything like that, but not all roads lead to heaven. 
There's one way, one way. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.